0: Hi, I'm Michaela from Columbus, and I would absolutely recommend 3C. Because the accident wasn't my fault, 3C stepped in to handle the other person's insurance company, so I didn't have to do a thing. While they were fixing up my bumper, they actually fixed up a few of the scratches that were there, and now it looks brand new. I would totally recommend 3C to my friends and family, and I have been.
1: (laughs) 3C!
2: Experience the joy of watching your friends and family's faces light up when you feed them wild game you harvested and made them delicious sausages or meat you barbecue and grill with the finest seasonings available. Visit our friends at Waltons.com to find everything you need to turn wild game into tasty meat snacks or spice up your barbecue with new flavors and seasonings. With over 500 seasonings to choose from, there's something that everyone will love. They even have step-by-step videos and how-to articles at Beaches 6 to help you go from animal to edible. Use coupon RANGERS15 at checkout to save 15% on your first order at waltons.com. Waltons, everything but the meat.
1: This is Cole Reagans with the Round Rock
2: Express, and you're listening to the Ranger Report podcast.
1: The Ranger Report. Yeah, the Ranger. inside scoop listen to the
0: ranger report oh here we go this is the ranger report podcast news insights predictions interviews and information about the texas rangers from the major leagues to the minor leagues And now, here are your hosts, Ben Dieter and C.J. Berryman. All right, everybody, welcome to the Ranger Report Podcast. I am Ben Dieter. You can find me on Twitter at bdieter 75.
2: And I am C.J. Barryman. You can find me on Twitter at C.J.B. underscore R.R.
0: And we are joined today by the Round Rock Express general manager, Tim Jackson. Tim, how are you today?
1: I'm doing good. How are you guys?
2: Doing
0: Doing well. Doing well. Very nice to meet you while I was down there last week covering the team. Enjoyed our conversation and thought we'd have you
1: on. Yeah, no, we appreciate you having out. You know, this is always a long stretch for us in June. We've got Express Games. We host the state tournament, which is 15 games in four days. And so uh, this past week with no games uh, has been nice and much needed. Just to take a breath and get ready for the home stretch here. So yeah, I uh, bet, I bet it was
0: when I talked to Ryan and Aubrey, when I was there, that's what they said is they were just wiped out from the, from the state championship tournament and all that stuff you guys did. Yeah.
1: You know, it's, it's one of our favorite events that we host, you know, having all the uh, families come out from towns all around the state and um, you know, we host the the semis and the the finals here, but it takes a lot out of you. Obviously we have record heat on top of that. So it was uh, just getting zapped kind of day to day, but. Um, it's kind of, it's it's why we do what we do. So uh, it's fun to get through and again, having a week uh, to take a, uh, take a breath and take a break has been nice. And so ready to hop back in for the second half of the season here.
0: Yeah. And to be honest, it must be nice for the high school kids and everyone that plays I've been there before. And again, that's such a beautiful stadium. That's so much fun to walk around. And I bet for fans and for kids, it was a lot of fun to get to play in uh, Dell diamond.
1: Yeah, you know, uh, you have some repeat folks, like obviously South Lake Carol here. We've got a lot of teams that, that come here seemingly every other year. But for those ones that have never been here, I mean, this would be the nicest stadium they played in ever. It will be the last uh, kind of a formal game a lot of these kids will play. And so it's kind of fun having the lower level teams come through as well because, you know, uh, the whole town seemingly shuts down and comes out and has a chance to, to play out here. So, again, we take that seriously and we'll make sure everybody has a positive, great experience here, whether they win or lose. Uh, The fact that they make it here and they know that, you know, the start in February and these high school teams are playing that they're breaking out to Dell Diamond or Round Rock. That's where everybody wants to be is kind of cool to be a part of. And the fact that we've done it now for over 20 years is really something special. So um, it's a lot of work, uh, but it's worth it for sure. Well,
0: let's talk a little bit about you. You went to Cedar Hill High School, right?
1: I did, yeah.
0: And then you played a little junior college ball before going on to Baylor, which I see the chair right behind you there for Baylor. So Uh talk talk a little bit about your years playing ball at junior college and at Baylor.
1: Yeah, so I went to McLennan there in Waco, and Baylor was always really the place uh, I grew up rooting for wanted to be at. And so you know, me thinking I could be across the highway from them, maybe they'll get a better look at me than than coming out of Cedar Hill. Um, I had a great experience at MCC. I didn't really know anything about junior college baseball when I went. Um, and just getting their own sight, understanding what it's about. I mean, you're really going to, you want to play college baseball, you're going to earn it uh, in junior college. You know, you're playing doubleheaders all the time. You know, you're playing in the heat of the day. I mean, nobody has any lights for their field. Um, you're making trips out to East Texas and, uh, you know, uh, North Texas and going down south and uh, on these small buses. You're packing your own lunch. You're doing, you know, you're buying your own equipment. Uh, you know, you really have to earn it. Uh and so I think in the moment you probably don't really um respect it as much and think it means you can't wait to get out of there in, in yeah. some respects. And then once you get through it, you look back and go, man, what a what a blessing that was. Um met some of my dearest friends in the world. And um, you know, I remember when I went to Baylor, Baylor had just gone to the 2005 College World Series. And so I got there obviously in the fall of 05 um, and followed that when I was at McClennan. And my first day at Baylor, they were switching um, from being a Reebok team to to Majestic, and so the jerseys they were going to wear were going to be Majestic jerseys, the one obviously the big league big league guys wore at the time. And so um, my first day of walking into the clubhouse at Baylor, there were two guys from Majestic there taking all of our measurements, inseam. Do you want baggy pants? Do you want them to be longer, shorter? <laughs> and I'm walking with my own glove and own back, going, wait, what? uh and so i just this kind of dichotomy of of going from junior college where we shared bats and he made sure you know we had 30 baseballs we had them numbered you couldn't lose any of them uh all of that stuff wearing the same batting gloves for most of the year to coming in and ordering two new gloves uh you know they're taking my inseam it's just this going this is a different level right and so it just really made me Respect and be thankful for my time in junior college. Of again, if you want to play baseball at the next level, what it's going to take, and and quite frankly, I faced some really really talented players in junior college as well. And so, I think I had to get through junior college to really uh, be thankful for and respect kind of what I learned there. And then, of course, now once you get out of baseball, you find out so many people went to Ranger College or Cisco or Hill Junior College, and you have this instant connection on you know, all that you went through, the travel, everything. And so yeah. um, really loved my time at McLennan, uh, went over and obviously had a chance. And Mitch Thompson now, uh, now the new head coach at Baylor Baseball as of last week. He's the one who recruited me to Baylor. And of course, in the last eight or nine seasons, he was the head coach at McLennan, which obviously I love being an alumni there too. And so it's kind of come full circle for him and for me. Uh, but just again, Baylor was a place that, um, you know, I felt like I grew in my faith, a uh, place that I, uh, I met the love of my life. I met the dearest friends of my life as well, as often baseball is. It's not so much about the memories you make in the dugout or on the field. It's really about the friendships and the, and the memories you make off the field. And so um, love my time playing the next two years there. Obviously, it wasn't meant to be for me to play professionally. And so stayed on, got my master's degree there at Baylor in sport management. Um, was the director of operations for the next two seasons in 08 and 09, um, which again, kind of drilled home my passion for being around the game. If I couldn't be on the field, there there was a role off the field for me. And so, um, you know, that, that really uh, sparked me and and springboarded me to where I am today of uh, around that time, being able to find, start looking at professional baseball and what opportunities were there out there and, um, you know, most was grateful and blessed to, to start here at the Express in March of 2010. Um, doing team travel, some stuff I'd already done as the ops guy at Baylor, and leading the community relations department uh, here at the Express, which I knew nothing about, uh, and assisting with the media relations side of things, which I only knew, you know, doing interviews at Baylor and those types of things. I'd never really been on that side of it. And so, really got thrown into the fire starting in March, uh, a month before the season started in 2010. Uh, and really, the rest is history
2: from there. So funny, uh, when I was a full-time sports writer in Colleen. actually, I covered so many. Come playoff time in basketball and volleyball, McClendon felt like a new home because I was there so much covering those games at McClendon uh, in Waco. So uh, that was fun. I, did, I always always enjoyed going to McClendon. So you 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 went to the Express uh, after after college, after getting your degree, how did the whole experience and or how did the how did the whole thing come together with the Express? And it just sounds like it was perfect timing, and uh, you got your foot in the door, and then here you go. Yeah. You know, now you're you're the GM. So talk right.
1: about well, how that I feel like yeah, I get that question a lot, certainly from young you know sports management majors on what do I need to do to be you. Um, and I oftentimes equate it to my time as an athlete that you really just kind of control what you can control. And there's a lot there that is outside of your control. And that's kind of what it was for me. And really uh, this gets said a lot. It's not about what you know, but who, you know, Uh, and everybody's heard that, but that really was the case in this instance, where the SID at Baylor guy by the name of Larry Little, uh, I knew as a player and working alongside him. And then I did so as the director of operations, he became the head of PR communications here at the express in the fall of 2009. And so I was about the time I was going to graduate and thought maybe that's, you know, uh, somewhere I'd like to be as well, a path that I might want to, I want to be on. And so I reached out to Larry and said, hey man, congratulations, the Round Rock Express, man, what a great organization, Nolan Ryan, Reed Ryan, all of those guys. Um, I've been to that stadium before. Hey man, I just want to fill my, my name in the, the, the hat there. If something should open up, uh, I'd love to know about it. Just keep me in mind. I'm willing to do anything. And so that's kind of how it started. And he said, well, I just started. So I don't know much about what else is available, but, you know, I'll stay in touch if I hear anything. And just so happens, you know, a couple months in, he said, hey, there's going to be a full time job opening up. And the girl who did it prior to me uh, was heading up community relations and she was helping media relations. And he said, hey, I think that maybe that's something you might be interested in, but also they're going to put the team travel on top of that, which I know you have a lot of experience in. And so it kind of crafted this new position, which I felt like I was a good fit for certainly from an operations standpoint uh, and a baseball ops standpoint, uh, and I could learn the rest. And so, um, you know, from then on, my first interview was, was a phone interview with Reed Ryan, which for me was, was really a cool thing to be a part of. Uh, and then I uh, I did another interview with the, the, the GM at the time, Dave Fender, and then they brought me down for a face-to-face and, and it really happened pretty quickly. And again, I said, I started in March. That was a month before the season started. And so A lot of the travel had already been booked, but I really had to kind of get my head around what that meant, what that was going to be, what minor league baseball was really all about. Um, And so I kind of wanted to steady the water from a travel standpoint, but I really wanted to learn and understand community relations. And so it really, I think, was the best thing for me being a a baseball heavy guy. I found out pretty quick that minor league baseball is not mostly about baseball. Uh, It's about the experience fans are having. And a lot of our fans, as you all know, obviously people who cover baseball. don't come for the baseball. Uh, that's just, that's just the fact. Mm -hmm. Um, and so you start understanding kind of what this business really drives this business and it's butts and seats. It's entertainment. We get to do it around this great game, but it's not about who our shortstop is or how many games we've won or lost people are still going to stick around for the fireworks after the Friday night game, whether we win or lose and they don't care, you know? And so I think it was really kind of a paradigm shift for me that first year and being the community relations lead, I really had to take my attention away from the field and turn it towards the community. I really got to see that first year of what does this place mean to this community? Uh, and it wasn't about baseball. It was really a place that people could come together. It's the front porch of this community. Uh, it's, it's being able to offer, you know, nonprofits and ISDs and all sorts of great causes, uh, an opportunity and a platform um, to do, you know, to, to do that and to bring people together to create memories and um, you know, all the cheeky slogans people have making memories one pitch at a time. Yeah. I mean, that was ours. Back in 2010, but that that is what we do, as y'all well know. And so, people that like baseball is just a that's just a cherry on top. We can talk baseball all day long with those guys. But so, I just think it was a blessing for me to come in and kind of understand what drives this business. And um, and then from then on, I said, man, I think. And I remember talking to my dad after that first year, and he said, well, "What did you think of it?" I said, "Dad, I love it. I, I you know, uh, I have a passion for it. I think my my skill sets really fit this this industry." And he said, well, what do you want to do? And I said, I think i want to be a general manager so I can kind of touch all parts and pieces of the business. And um, he said, well, if you're going to do that, you need to be able to generally manage everybody. Right. I mean, that is the term.
0: Yeah. Quite specifically,
1: <laughs> because you need to try to do as much as you can do. So I honestly, I've been our mascot hundreds of times. Um, I didn't do a lot during Express Games, but in the community, I mean, I would set up a lot of those things to being the community <laughs> relations guy. Um, and so I would, you know, we didn't have a full-time mascot. We still don't. And so I'd send out a flyer to all the sales guys. Hey, we got a deal at a, you know, a fall extravaganza at a school who wants to be spike our mascot. And everybody's like, mm, I'm not doing that. <laughs> so I would do it as a way to make some extra money. My wife, who was my, my fiance at the time, she would go along to be our handler. So she'd make a little money just to make sure kids weren't punching me and you know grabbing my <laughs> ear and all that. Um, and so uh, you know, I, I've been the mascot and I understand that. And so for me, uh for the next few years, I really tried to understand and immerse myself in all areas of this business to understand kind of all the push and pulls, right? What really drives this business. And, you know, um, so I did that. And of course, you know, five years in, I was 30 years old. We had some movement in the staff. Uh, and again, I talk about controlling the controllables. Um, I got promoted general manager, and I never thought that would happen. He had told me when I was 25, when I started, hey, in five years, you would be the GM of the Express. I thought, well, there's no way that could happen. Um, I was certainly really green, as a lot of us are, when you get the new roles. And I still feel like I learned something new every day. Um, but I have a better understanding because of the path I really set myself on to understand every aspect of this business as best I could. And so, um, you know, again, back to young people asking that, well, how do I become a GM at 30? I'm going, well, there's a lot that's not going to be in your control, but you can control what you can control and understand kind of what really drives this business and where's your skill set fit and understand when you're, you know, when you want to work in minor league baseball. And I ask this a lot of young people, why do you want to work for the express? A lot of them tell me, well, I just love baseball. And they try to kind of tell me why they love baseball more than the next guy. Well, it's going to take more than a passion for baseball when you're in June and you've been doing baseball for three weeks in the state tournament and it's 104. All, I mean, we're, I'm living out the example I give to everybody right now. Um, it's going to take more than just a passion for baseball. You need to figure out where do you fit in this industry? Uh, is it something that you really want to do? Um, and so, you know, a lot of those things can't be learned until you learn them. And so um, that's kind of my history to get me to this point. Again, a lot of it was out of my control and I really feel like I'm learning something new every day.
2: And going back to kind of the entertainment value, it, it minor league, minor league games. I'm up here in Amarillo and we got the sod schools up here and- and uh they do a great job of of entertaining. I guess what you would you kind of mentioned is some fans they're not baseball fans. You know, they're there for the experience to get out, you know, whatnot. But the the entertainment value is incredibly important. So we've got Ruckus, our mascot up here, and he'll uh during the game, he'll will he'll get on a golf cart and they'll go past the opposing opposing bullpen and he'll, he's got a water gun. He'll squirt the, squirt the players with water. And right. Cole, Cole Reagans was telling us the other day that they, you know, throw water at him and stuff. And it just kind of made, it just made a, a fun experience where the fans can laugh and enjoy it. And then every Friday they do fireworks and stuff like that. So yeah, talk about the, just that's, that's so important with minor league baseball, not only, and for the fans that are actual fans, you get to see some of these young guys that are going to be major leaguers. So and especially like me, I covered the uh, Amarillo Sod Poodles in 2019. Fernando Tatis Jr. came down for a rehab assignment. Right. Yep. So, I mean, that was, that was a huge deal here. And there's just that's, pretty much that's like the cherry on top. The way I look at it in minor league baseball is, yeah, you do all this, um, all of this, you know, community involvement and, and, and entertainment stuff for the, for, for the fans. And then you get the cherry on top, which is, hey, you're going to get some guys on rehab assignment. You're going to get some guys before they get big. And just kind of just kinda talk about how it differs from the regular, yeah. uh, I guess, a major league organization's uh, general.
1: Yeah, now, I think as, as you guys know, this is, and we get told this all the time, we try to tell our fans, this is development level, right? These guys are being developed to help the big league level, uh, as much as some fans don't like to hear that. And so, um, you know, at, at the end of the day, even if we tried, as the nature is of this business, certainly at the AAA level, if we tried to highlight our players even more, they may not be here tomorrow. Uh, as y'all have seen, I mean, we, we've already sent up a number of guys. Well, yep. A number have stayed up there and been successful for the Rangers, and so um, it's just hard if you start focusing on players, certainly at the Triple A level, because um, again, fans start buying into that, and then they're not here, or they're they're released, or they're traded, or whatever else. We I mean, we've seen all of that to this point yep. in this season, and so um, you know, it's I think a lot of people look at me as well. And they think, well, you're the general manager. So what kind of, you know, before the season starts, what kind of club have you put together? <laughs>
2: you're <Yeah>, at, all right.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't. That's a great question. I don't know. And, you know, our guys don't show up in the Round Rock until three days. You know, they, they break from spring training. A lot of those guys, you know, they'll, they'll play an exhibition game at Globe Life. So half my roster is there. Half yeah. is driving back from Surprise. So they show up three days before my season even starts. So even to get guys here and immerse them in the community, um, most of my guys have never been here before. Um, or even if I want to get them on a press junket. There's just no time to do that. And so, um, you know, it, it'd be hard even if I wanted to focus more on baseball. We have tried that. We we tried putting certain guys' names on the back of shirts and sell them in the team store. And uh, pretty soon, again, those guys are gone. And then in being in the Austin market, I mean, there's so many transplants moving here daily. Um, again, people don't, well, I'm not a Rangers fan. I'm not a whatever else, or I'm not a baseball fan. And if we were only trying to go get baseball fans, we wouldn't have nearly the amount of people in the stadium as we do. So it's just kind of the reality of this level. And, and, um, you know, again, for people who just love baseball, we've got now 75 games, right? More than we've ever had 75 home games for people to come out. You want to score the game, you want to do all that. You want to get access to players. You can get all those things here. That's great. But that's just not, that's not the majority of people. I don't control the players, right? I control the experience as, as, as much as I possibly can. So if you had a bad experience, we can help correct that. We've had season ticket members tell me over the years, "Hey, if you guys don't get better, we're not going to renew our season tickets. going well, I sure wish I could help with that, but I can't, right? And so not having active control of the player, and and it really benefits me. That's not the reason people come. Um, So, you know, and there's certain times, like you mentioned, you know, Fernando Tatis Jr., you know, back being with the Rangers from 2011 to 2018, you know, you had the Josh Hamiltons of the world come through and make rehab assignments, Nelson Cruz, mm-hmm. Mike Napoli, you uh, Darvish. I mean, that actually drives the, the attendance number, and people come out, put butts in seats. Hey, that's a win for us. We're going to lean on that and promote that any chance we can. Yeah. You know, we've had some visiting teams do that as well, bring in some guys as well. We had, remember, Carlos Gonzalez came through with the, with the AAA Rockies club uh, one time. Um, you know, so, and sometimes you have uh, high level prospects, you know, early in those years when I was helping out media relations, you know, we had Anthony Rizzo, Chris Bryant, you know, Lorenzo Kane. we'd have some big names come through and MLB.com would reach out to us and, you know, want to get a post-game interview. So I'd run through there and talk to those players and knock that stuff out. And so sometimes baseball can drive attendance. And, and when that can happen, we want to lean on that and leverage that. Um, but, you know, I, we had, you know, 20, 2019 when we were at the Astros, um, we had Jose Altuve come through for three or four games, which is huge. We had uh, Carlos Correa come through uh, a couple of times. So sometimes the baseball does kind of meet the, the whole entertainment value and, and put butts in seats. But for the most part, um, you know, it, <laughs> it doesn't. You can't just lean on the baseball. Again, we're going to do it. We want, you know, w- winning never hurts. We want to be first place. We want to be winning games. That's always great. It's just not going to be the ultimate driver for us. So you really try to balance that out. We want to provide, you know, baseball offerings uh, to the people that really want that. And then we want to provide entertainment value to, to everybody else who wants that. Um, you know, we have a lot of people going, I'm just not a baseball fan. We'll go perfect, right? You got young daughters like I do. And we have Princess Night coming out. You know, you can come out, meet Moana uh, and uh, Elsa and Anna going, perfect. We'll come out for that, right? Or you're, obviously, your Thursday, Thursday night or the nights when you can bring your dog out to the ballpark, yeah. right? So we really want to cast a wide net. Baseball fans, non-baseball fans, it doesn't matter. Uh, on top of uh, baseball, you know, we, have, we had the Rogue Invitational last year, which is kind of the CrossFit Games. Uh, we have Bulls in the Ballpark. We'll do that again this year. So a two-night bull riding event. Uh, you know, we've had big concerts out here. Uh, we, have a, we have a conference center attached to the stadium. There's all sorts of stuff. You know, again, we want to be a good steward of this facility for the city of Round Rock in Central Texas. So whatever your reason is to be out here, you know, we 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 want to cater to that, and so um, that's kind of how we approach every day with, with what we do.
0: Well, you know, talking about that, I've seen some crazy promotions. I know last year Frisco had Free Brittany Night, and uh, the Rough Riders did that. This sure year they had a a, a a boy band night where they had I think it was a Backstreet Boy or was it In Sync? I can't remember. It came to their yeah, stadium. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that, I mean, so what are some what are some crazy ones you've seen or you guys have come up with over the years since you've been GM?
1: Well, I think there's some I've seen that I would never do. Uh, <laughs> you know, and I you know, I think I think it, it depends on the level of baseball you're at. Obviously, yeah. some people are really trying to do everything they possibly can, um, you know, to stay relevant in their given markets and to get people out there. Um, you know, we have one coming up this year, the office night. We actually have Stanley from the office coming out. Uh, <laughs> no, exciting for me being a big office man. Yeah. Um, but you know, there has been so many. Uh, you know, uh one mention I'd never do. I think there's somebody doing a rated R night out in the West coast. (laughs) Uh I can't remember. And and it is what you think it is. And so some people really push the boundaries on, on those types of things. You know, we've stayed pretty middle ground. I think I mentioned a princess night. I mean, Harry Potter night we put on for the first time, like six years ago and we really thought that'd be kind of a, a youth driven uh, initiative. And then you get out and you're going, wait a second. This is, there's adults that take this more serious than the kids did. (laughs) Yeah, Um, You know, which is, I I like Harry Potter as well. and so uh, there's been so many, I think some of the more memorable ones we've done that are not zany. You know, when they had the, the Boston Marathon bombings uh, a handful of years ago, uh, we actually partnered with um, uh, an Austin a nonprofit here locally that really focuses on 5Ks and running. And we did a Love Boston Run Austin night, and we found three people uh, that, um, were from Austin that were, were taking part in the Boston marathon, but couldn't finish it because of the bombing. And so we brought them out and during the middle of the game, we ran them from center field. We set them up at home plate, to finish line, and they crossed the finish line at home plate. Uh, it was a packed house, the place. So I mean, I get chills thinking about it. Okay. And we raised a lot of money that night for that. And so there's been, there's been so many we've gotten to do, um, that benefit great causes. Uh, I think on the, the other end of the spectrum, uh, my most favorite promotion we ever did, uh, was the Rojo Johnson night, which you might've heard about. And so Will Farrell, my first year in 2010, at the time, I don't think people knew he was such a big baseball fan. Uh, but he, he has a nonprofit of his own. It's called cancer for college. You know, he went to uh, USC to college and mm-hmm. his roommate, I think was diagnosed with cancer while he was in college. So he took all of his college savings and put it towards his treatment. And so he been doing it for a decade or so, raising money for kids that, that have cancer diagnosis to go towards their college. Uh, and so their fees and tuition and all that. And so one year he was going to move to Austin. And so obviously the Ryan family and their network found out about that, got us connected with Will Farrell and his people. We came up with this, this name, Rojo Johnson, and this whole backstory on this guy that was from South America. And he used to throw 100 miles an hour, but he had this temper and uh, he was actually in jail because he was trying to smuggle you know, iguanas and stuff across the, uh, uh, you know, the state lines and all this other stuff. And at the same time we were promoting that Will Ferrell was raising money for cancer for college and he was going to be an express game. And so we had this whole backstory and we took, we had Nolan himself got in on the act and he did an interview for us. Oh yeah. I remember Rojo Johnson. Yeah. He sure had an arm, but he, you know, he was a hothead. And we had a bunch of different scouts that did the same type of thing. And then, of course, one night we made this uh, statement that we had signed, the Express had signed Rojo Johnson, and he was going to be there that night. And I think a lot of people put two and two together, but some people didn't. You know, we got a lot of critical emails going, I can't believe you guys are signing a guy out of, out of prison and all this other stuff. And <laughs> we got there that night, and he couldn't have been nicer. And I ended up being, again, that was my first year in minor league baseball. And I think that's part of what solidified, this is where I want to be. But I got to drive him around that night, he came out that night. Uh, you know, I had Rojo Johnson across the back. He, he put on a mustache and gold chains, and everybody can look it up on YouTube as well. It has over 2 million views, and it made ESPN's not top 10, and we had our CEO dress up. We were playing the Nashville Sounds, and he dressed up like a Sounds player, and he went out. Of course, Rojo Johnson ran out to the mouth, a six-pack of Bud Heavy, and cracked he <laughs> open a beer, and everybody's hooping and hollering, and he took a drink, and he starts, you know, of course, his first, first warm-up pitch was a strike, and everybody went crazy, and Uh, So our guy goes up there and he, you know, buzzes one past his head and, uh, you know, they kind of, Hey, what are you doing? And they start kind of arguing and then they, he charges them out and they're running all around. And the manager of the national team is a guy named Don money. He had been in baseball forever. And I remember having to talk to him a couple of days before that saying, Hey, we got Will Ferrell here. It's going to take a couple of minutes. And of course it took almost 10 minutes, which y'all know that between innings is way too long. Yeah. Uh, And finally they ran off the field and we were up. We did this whole press conference up in the press rocks, which is amazing. And I had to go down after the game to talk to the the manager, Don money and apologize. And he thought it was the funniest thing ever. So again, I think that was my, my foray into minor league baseball. And I thought, you know, this is something I can get used to. And um, so that's kind of the whole spectrum, right? You're doing these, these moments that mean so much to raise money after a tragedy, a tragedy and he got one fair Will Ferrell coming in to be uh, Rojo Johnson and, um, you know, really everything in between. So that's the thing I love about minor league baseball is you can really do anything, right. As you've seen, yeah. as you've all seen over the years, if it's something that's going to bring, put butts in seats and uh, you know, people are going to enjoy it and, you know, hey, maybe get gets you on ESPN and uh, you know, maybe it, it, it's some good merchandise that you yeah. can sell all of those things you want to try to do it. So it's, it's a fun industry to be in for sure. Speaking I, of her,
2: I, oh, go ahead, CJ. One, one, I'm sorry, Ben, I didn't, uh, didn't let you know about this. But I, speaking of Will Farrell, even if I was able to meet him and he was being dead serious with me, I don't think I could take him seriously. <laughs> I, I don't think I could.
1: Well, you can't because I tried <laughs> and I was there. And I, I remember he also did a bunch of green screen stuff for us. It just felt like every even normal sentences he talked, it just sounds, it just has this air of uh, funniness to it. Uh, he, again, he couldn't have been nicer. For me, it's a small it's a small thing but for me um when he showed up i introduced myself and said hey i'm tim and he said it to re- tim to repeat it i said yeah. and then there were six or seven times that night again i you know i drove him around as i mentioned he hey thanks tim i appreciate it tim just he couldn't have been nicer but you're right everything he said was so funny uh and then if y'all look it up you can look up the rojo johnson thing but you can look up his presser as well the press conference he did right after that during the game in our press box was was just so funny um but yeah, he, he was, he was so funny.
0: I love, one thing I love you guys do is, is the uh, Copa Knights where you are the Chupacabras. Yeah. Yep. I think, I think that is a fantastic thing. I actually bought a Chupacabras hat while I was there because I, oh, I love that. Great. I love that alternate logo. It's pretty awesome. And
1: yeah, it's such a cool initiative. Minor league baseball started a few years ago. And now I, well, I think there's over 80 clubs who have some sort of identity. And of course, you know, we, we thought it was, again, it was very tried and true traditional Chupacabras means something to people in texas south texas mm-hmm. it's a it's a uh, you know uh mexico it's southern america like everybody has the chupacabra lore and understand that and of course you go down to san antonio they're the flying chakras and you get the raspas uh, and the cover so some people um you know just went all the whole other way something really funny and um but yeah that's been a great initiative for us and something that we've tried to really approach as authentically as possible and um, you know, we tried it. we're gonna, actually going to switch up that Jersey again next year. And so, um, it's been a lot, a lot of fun to, to have a lot of folks rally around and, yeah, but yeah, I appreciate you doing that.
2: All right, well, we're going to wrap it up here and i got to, with uh, each of our guests are, that are getting on for the first time, I, I have to ask this super controversial question. It's, we've gotten a lot of feedback on it, good and bad. So are you ready? Sure. Are you, what is your go to at Whataburger?
1: Oh, well, I like the uh honey barbecue chicken shrimp sandwich. As a matter of fact, it's funny, I don't, I don't go burger, uh, I do that obviously in college. Uh, I had a lot of late night um honey barbecue, um, uh, HBCBs, the, the the chicken, yeah, the honey barbecue, butter the, chicken biscuit. Honey chicken biscuit. Yeah. Sorry. Yep. Um, so I, I, that's got to be my number one for sure, but if I'm just going to lunch or dinner uh casually it's got to be the honey barbecue chicken strip sandwich for sure
0: you know almost um, every player we've had on has said the honey butter chicken biscuit they all love yeah. that yeah
1: you know i can't I, that's not what i would order normally um again there were some late nights and early mornings oh, yeah. that, they, that seems to be the go-to <laughs> but uh, i yeah. haven't had one um i think having young kids i had not had one in a long time but
2: yeah have you tried uh, that buffalo yeah. chicken strip sandwich
1: I'm not, and I'm one of those people too, that once I find something I like, I normally yeah. stick with it. I'm just yeah. so nervous about getting something I don't like nearly as much. And so um, I've just, the Texas toast always gets me too. Yeah. So, uh, that
0: is that's, that's, kind of,
1: that's my go-to, but I do get major props. I get major props to the hooks though, for, for their jerseys. Um, yeah. I wish I'd have thought about that, but um, <laughs> I guess being a water they 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 deserve that honor. So
0: I guess so. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. Tim, thank you so much for your time today. We really appreciate it.
1: Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. We'll see you out at Dell Diving again soon, hopefully.
0: Thanks for listening to the Ranger Report podcast. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, and at therangerreport.com.